Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Paralegal Voice here on Legal Talk Network. I'm Carl Morrison, and I'm back. I'm a certified paralegal devoted to law and your host of the Paralegal Voice. I'm devoted to not only the paralegal profession, but to all legal professionals, from legal support professionals to paralegals to those whom we support, attorneys. I'm devoted to helping others enhance their passion and dedication for the paralegal profession through entertaining and engaging interviews. Before we begin, we'd like to thank our sponsor, NALA. NALA is a professional association for paralegals providing continuing education, voluntary certification, and professional development programs. NALA has been a sponsor of the Paralegal Voice since our very first show. And courtfiling.net, e-file court documents with ease in California, Illinois, Indiana, and Texas. To learn more, visit courtfiling.net to take advantage of a free 30-day trial. And serve now, a nationwide network of trusted pre-screen process servers. Work with the most professional process servers who have experience with high-volume serves, who embrace technology, and understand the litigation process. Visit servenow.com to learn more. And finally, Legal Inc. Legal Inc. makes it easy for paralegals to digitally automate tasks like business formations, corporate filings, and registered agent services nationwide. Visit legalinc.com slash podcasts today to create your free account. Okay, guys, have you missed me? I have to tell you guys, I've missed you guys as well. I love doing the show. I love interviewing guests, and I'm sorry I've been gone. Uh, You probably think, what happened to Carl? Did he fall off the face of the earth? No, I didn't disappear. I wasn't abducted by aliens, although I tell people that all the time. Never fear, I'm back. I'm here. So I just want to say, I'm sorry I missed you all. I was sick over the holidays. Um, I lost my voice. Then I had a bad sinus infection. And upper respiratory-wise, I was a mess. But I'm finally back, 100% right now. And I'm not gone. So if you think, well, what happened to Carl? Uh, I've been listening to Jill Francisco, but what happened to Carl? I'm, I'm back. I'm here. And I'm sorry I've been out of touch and away from the mic. So, but never fear. Carl is here, and he's not left you and won't leave you. So I love you listeners too much. So thank you for being patient while I've been ill. So what do you think about our new co-host, Jill? What do you think about the shows that she has been doing of recent? Jill's bigger than life. She's, I know, has had some great shows these past few months, And we haven't made a big, giant announcement. You've probably just started Jill up, and you're probably going, well, who is Jill Francisco besides being the president of NALA? Jill is our new co-host, and she and I, we're working together to bring you more content than ever before. We're going to bring you more paralegal stuff. We're going to bring you more law. We're going to bring you more everything. And I hope you have enjoyed listening to Jill and her guests and her show. So definitely keep listening to me and keep listening to Jill. And, you know, let me know what you think about what we've got going on here. I always love to hear from our listeners. So definitely send us your emails, both of us. So today, what I wanted to talk about is what's on everyone's mind right now and share with you my thoughts about the coronavirus, COVID-19, the pandemic, whatever you want to call it, and how it's really impacted the legal industry and working remote and what does this mean for us now and is this the the wave of the future? What's this going to look like? 
But today, I also wanted to talk about the ABA and the changing of the definition of a paralegal. Jill had a guest and spoke about that and removing the, the words legal assistant from the definition and give you kind of my take on it. And of course, I've got a couple of listeners' voice questions since I have been gone that I wanted to share with you guys and let you know my thoughts and keep the show going. So let's just jump right off into it. So let's talk about the pandemic. And I don't want to go into the disease or any of the political aspects or anything like that. What I really want to talk about is how it's affecting us as paralegals and legal support professionals. First, I want to say I hope everyone is doing well and that you and your family, your spouses, your immediate family, friends are all healthy and taking care of yourselves as most of us have been socially quarantined in our own respective homes and cities and maintaining our social distances, of course. But I I wish the best for all the listeners out there. I'm sitting here in my home office doing this particular show, which is also my work office as well right now, which is probably what you guys are, are dealing with as well. So, I want to talk a little bit about my own respective, personal perspective of the work experiences of being thrown into working remote. Most of us, and I've seen this, I've looked at all sorts of social media, whether it be Twitter or Facebook, a lot of the paralegal Facebook groups, everyone has been, all of us have been thrown into this almost overnight, instantaneous working remote or working a different type of what I'm calling a shift. I'm using air quotes here, a shift where you work three days in the office, uh, there's 10 of you that do that, the other 30 of you don't, and the other 30 work you know, from home, and then you work from home two days a week, shifting so that you're not completely on top of each other. And what are those work experiences like? For me, personally, I work in a corporate um, legal department, and as such, we started kind of early in the way of given the opportunity to work remote, which my work affords me that luxury, which is great. But like most, as the pandemic got worse, most of us, you know, are thrown into it almost like I said, overnight. You're one day you're at the office, Friday all day you're working at the office, and by Monday you're working from home. And the scramble to get equipment, a laptop, maybe you don't have a work laptop, and now your firm had to get you on, you know, what was like that like? For me, I have a laptop. My work mandates pretty much that I have to have a laptop because I work all over the place. So I, I'm constantly moving, even within the, the building itself when I'm normally at an office, at my office. But it, it afforded me, all I had to do was come home and take my laptop home and take stuff with me, some stuff with me. Everything's, uh, you know, remote. I just log in, get it, and, and, you know, have access to it. So it was easy for me. I also had the luxury that I had an extra monitor at home. So all I had to do was hook up my laptop to my second monitor, and I had my split screen. Some of you guys probably are not, you know, as lucky. You have the one laptop, and that's it. And, you know, some of these are challenges that we're dealing with. I have, not that all my friends are paralegals or legal professionals, but 90% of my friends all work in the legal industry. And a lot of the experiences that I've been sharing with them and what they've been sharing with me, 
I live alone, so I don't have a spouse. I don't have kids. You know, it's easy for me that my second bedroom in my home is my office. So I can go into another room and actually feel like I'm at work per se. Other people have spouses and children. They don't have a home desk. They, you know, are working from their dining room table. You know, everyone's doing their best in the midst of this. And some of those experiences to me seem challenging because I'm lucky that I can step away. So what are some of the biggest challenges that I'm hearing from my friends and from hearing from other paralegals on all these different social media channels? You know, what are some of the biggest challenges that I'm seeing? Well, number one is having a dedicated space to work. Like I said, all of us were thrown into this. And so having to sit down and try to figure out what does my new work environment look like and how do I do this? Well, first and foremost, have a dedicated space. Even if you have a spouse and children, pets that are pestering you, define a space that that is your desk, that is your work spot. There's all sorts of, of literature out there on for those people that normally, outside of a pandemic, that work from home, how you're supposed to work in your home and blah, 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 blah. I'm not going to get into that. Really, what I'm talking about is how being thrown into this emergency situation where you're have, if you're being forced to work from home, it's not a choice. So my recommendation is find that dedicated space to work. Have those necessary tools for you to be able to work in this working remote situation. We don't think this is going to be extremely long-term. Most locations, most cities are 30-plus days that, you know, they've been locked down, and I'm using air quotes around the term locked down, but you're, you know, having to work from home. You can't go into your office. So define that workspace. Even if you are having to work from your dining room table, and you've got spouse and kids that are running around and wanting to watch movies and things of that nature, try to say, hey, I've got to work, you know, and I need some quiet. Can you go into the other room and watch your movies? Can you give me between 8 and 10? I'll take a break. We'll have some quality time together, and then I've got to work from 10 to noon. I'll take, for, you know, lunch. Basically, you know, define how your work is going to look around your family. Family first, first and foremost, absolutely. But dedicate that space to your work so that you feel like you can get work done. Like I said, make sure you focus on the work during work hours and not other tasks. So by that, I mean, I'm going to tell you, me, my own personal, outside my second bedroom is my laundry room. And I'm like, "Mm, I could throw some laundry in. Oh, wait, I could dust. Oh, wait, I could do all these different things. I'm like a a squirrel, you know, a dog and a squirrel. Well, no, I come in, I get up in the morning. I'll tell you this, how I do it. I get up in the morning. First thing I do is go out and walk. And I'll talk about taking care of your health in the midst of all this as well. But, you know, get up your normal time. I get up with my alarm like I normally do. My hours, I work typically from 8.30 to 5, 5.30 during the Monday through Friday work week anyway, I keep to that same schedule. So focus on your work during your defined work hours. It's way too easy to continue to work 5.30, 30, 30. Oh, let me finish this and, and then I'll be done. If you can do it, if you don't have 
you know, ultra sensitive deadlines that are forcing you to have to work a lot of what I'm quote overtime is don't work your normal work shift and then take time to spend with your families and clean and do laundry and all those other things. But focus on work during the work hours, focus on family, just like you normally do outside your work hours. Keep that regular work schedule. For me, mentally, it's helped tremendously to say I'm working Monday through Friday. That's my normal work week. I'm working my 830 to 5, 530, Monday through Friday. It helps because then when Friday rolls around and I try to make conscious effort of what day of the week is it? You know, is it Tuesday? Is it Thursday? So that when Friday co- comes around, I'm going, oh, yay, it's Friday. Not that I get to go out to the movies or get my hair cut or anything like that. It's just like, oh, great. Now I'm going to do me for the weekend and keep that normal, regular work schedule. It gives you that healthy perspective, I think, mentally. It, it helps you not focus in on, and I'm not making light of this by any means, but the, the doom and gloom of what's going on in the world, on our earth right now. So keeping that regular work schedule will help you when we come through and pass through this pandemic and get through it. We will, people. I'm telling you, we will get through this, especially together. Once we get through it, then you'll be able to transition easily right back into going back to the office and getting to see all your coworkers and getting back into what I'm saying a normal life is or was. Keep a healthy perspective on all of this. Like I said a minute ago, I talked about me getting out every morning. I get up and walk. I have a podcast that I I always listen to. It's a morning prayer podcast, and that's what I listen to when I'm walking. And I I do 20-minute, 30-minute walk. I live in a gated community, so it's easy for me just to get out and walk. I'm not out and about. I don't see – actually, I don't see anybody And so it's nice. It's my little me time just to help get my day started. And then I come back, I have my breakfast, which I'm eating more than now than I ever have. And I'm sure most of you guys are going, yeah, I'm doing it too, girl. I'm eating all the time. I have a a normal, actually, it's a good breakfast and more than I ever normally eat anyway during the week before all this. But I eat breakfast, I shower, fix my hair, brush my teeth, shave, I get dressed. Now, Am I putting on work clothes? Not necessarily, but I am getting dressed. I'm even putting my shoes on because I'm trying to make it feel like I'm going to work, like I'm keeping that healthy perspective on what I'm doing. But also there's other ways to keep that healthy perspective besides like doing things, getting out and moving, walking, jogging, whatever the the case may be, if you're able to get out, if you're particular locale, city, or state hasn't completely confined you. And, uh, you know, keep that healthy outlook on all of this. And even though we're being confined to our respective homes and locations, create fun virtual events with your friends. For those of you that probably follow me on Facebook, I posted a picture the other night of my iPad, and we used Google Hangouts. There was about seven of us friends that we'd set up at 5.30 p.m. that we were going to have, and we did, a virtual happy hour. So all of us had our glass of wine or mixed drink or not drink at all and just talked and talked like normal. We didn't focus in on on 
the doom and gloom. We talked about what was going on in our own respective lives, our families, our friends, and talked for a good half hour and a half. Like we were just meeting at the local pub and having a drink together. It was great. We loved it. Everyone had a great time. And I recommend to you guys, do the same. Create that virtual happy hour. It will help you. I'm telling you, it will help you not feel so confined and distant from everybody because you can start to feel like I'm in a silo. I'm in, you know, solitary confinement. So get on FaceTime, Google Hangs, Hangout, Zoom, whatever application you want to use to connect to see real time your friends and your family and talk. Talk to your family as well that are maybe you don't live in the same city. Just keep that healthy perspective. I'll tell you, Nala has, they, they posted just recently, which is a webinar that they've had in their library, but they just posted on their social media cha- channels recently about managing stress in a turbulent world. And we're all stressed, I'm telling you, we are all stressed. And this stress can eat you if you don't find healthy ways to deal with it. So get out there, find a healthy way to manage the stress, whether it be journaling, riding a bike, walking the street, doing anything other than just plopping on the couch and and watching Netflix. Although I am going to be starting a new show that just came out about the Tiger Kings. But anyway, that's not a plug for that. But anyway, get out there, do, you know, things that will help you manage your stress because it can, it can get you big time, especially in the turbulent world that we are living in right now. So don't fret guys, we will get through this. I'm here. Know that I am supporting you guys 110%. I know that you guys are supporting me. Keep healthy, wash your hands, keep the social distance while they're telling us to be mindful of others, take care of each other and know that we'll, we will get through this completely. So, okay, so let's take a short commercial break. We'll come back, so don't turn that dial. Looking for a process server you can trust? ServeNow.com is a nationwide network of local pre-screened process servers. ServeNow works with the most professional process servers in the industry, connecting your firm with process servers who embrace technology, have experience with high-volume serves, and understand the litigation process and rules of properly effectuating service. Find a pre-screened process server today. Visit www.servenow.com. Today's episode is brought to you by Legal Inc. Legal Inc. is empowering paralegals to embrace their inner legal rock star by automating the everyday tasks that hold them back. Through their free dashboard solution, paralegals can quickly and easily automate services like business formations, corporate filings, registered agent services, and more. Visit LegalInc.com to create a free account and check out LegalInc.com forward slash podcast for a chance to win Legal Rockstar swag. Welcome back to the Paralegal Voice. So we got to talking about the pandemic and working remote and some of the challenges that we're facing and, and what I, my own personal spin on dealing with it. But Let's talk about another hot topic that just happened and occurred this year, and that's the ABA Standing Committee on Paralegals and changing the definition of a paralegal to remove the term legal assistant. As you guys all know, all the paralegals know, 
that the ABA has defined a paralegal slash legal assistant or legal assistant in the definition as someone who blah, 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 blah. I won't read it to you, but you know it. The National Federation of Paralegal Associations, they kind of took the bull by the horns and they assisted the ABA in removing the title of legal assistant from the definition. So it just is a paralegal is blank, not paralegal slash legal assistant is blank. Jill had a guest a couple of, I guess it's been a couple of months ago, and talked about uh, from the ABA standing committee and talked about removing the, the title legal assistant from it and what does it mean and, and so on and so forth. And I won't rehash Jill's show, but my take and what are my thoughts you're probably saying, Carl, what do you think about this? This is my personal opinion. I think it can be a good thing. And like on the show um, with Jill's guest, he was talking about Removing the title legal assistant and the ABA did their own analysis and surveying and surveying attorneys on the term paralegal, legal assistant, so on and so forth. And 65% of, you know, the attorneys that responded, and I think there was over 1,700 attorneys that responded to the survey, that 65% said they use the term paralegal exclusively. They don't mix or mingle the terms. And so that was why the ABA was like, yeah, this is definitely something we need to look at changing. And they put it to the House of Delegates and it it passed. At the time of Jill's show, it hadn't passed yet. It has now passed. And so no longer is the title legal assistant in there. Well, okay, I say it's a good thing and I'm putting air quotes around the term good thing, but it's kind of put us in a situation of well, what happens to those employers, those legal programs, paralegal type programs that define, you know, they call it a legal assistant program. Well, now they're going to have to change everything. Now they're going to have to spend the money to, to change the marketing because it's no longer synonymous. Paralegal and legal assistant are no longer synonymous. So it's okay. Yes, for those areas, you know, in the country where a legal assistant is a secretary, a legal secretary, and I'm not putting this in a bad light. I'm just saying role-wise, work role-wise, a lot of firms were calling their secretaries legal assistants and their paralegals paralegals. And if that was happening more often than not, then there needs to be a distinct difference between it. I will tell you here locally for me, we have a local paralegal program um, at a community college and they actually just this year the spring started a legal assistant program. It is teaches a, some of the same type of substantive work, but it focuses more on some of the non-substantive work that a legal assistant would do versus their paralegal program is specifically really a, what I'm calling a true paralegal program. So they've actually split and have now a separate program for sort of like an entry-level legal assistant that maybe is going to focus in on more of the non-substantive versus the substantive work. Because let's be honest, guys, there are a lot of firms that are treating, especially small, mid to small size firms that are treating their paralegal as a hybrid. They're doing half substantive work and half non-substantive work. And so they're kind of a hybrid paralegal schools should look at maybe that's another revenue, you know, another stream to teach for those hybrid type roles. You'd have to investigate your respective locale geographically. Is that what's occurring? But yeah, maybe I, I think it can be a good thing. I think it's challenging too. Like I said a minute ago, 
If you are listening to the show and your title, your company calls you a legal assistant, you are strictly, truly a a billing paralegal. You do nothing but substantive legal work, but your title is a legal assistant. Well, what does that mean for you? Now that the ABA has defined it, well, maybe you want to, you know, talk to the managing partners of your firm, to your supervising attorney and say, hey, look, the ABA, you know, changed the definition I'm only doing substantive work, you know, and that it meets the the definition of a paralegal. So can we talk about changing my title to a paralegal? So it brings some challenges to it. We're not done with this. There's a lot of work that has to be done with this, but I think it it can be a good thing. And to me, I'm kind of taking a, a watch, you know, approach and just seeing what's going to happen. And, you know, trying to get involved as much as I can in the way of trying to help correct the ship. Is that the right term? <laughs> you know, when it comes to now you're taking out uh, a synonymous term that no longer is synonymous. What does that mean for those that used to use the term legal assistant? So I think we got some, some work cut out for all of us. And, you know, we have to, to we as paralegals have to help our attorneys. Because, you know, let's look at it, guys. Attorneys still, they don't, and nothing against attorneys that are listening to the show. We love you guys. Without you all, we would not have jobs. We're here to support you guys, 110%. But I don't know that, and I'm I'm overgeneralizing or oversimplifying this, but a lot of attorneys still don't fully understand or appreciate the difference between a hybrid-type role versus a full-on substantive paralegal work because they just look at it as, I need the work done, so just do the work. And I'm a team player. I, I don't care what you're asking me to do. If you're asking me to scrub the toilets, I'll do it. I have probably told you guys stories in the past of doing non-substantive work that really doesn't meet my quote-unquote job duties, <laughs> defined job duties, but you still do it because you, your boss actually did, asked you to do it, not that it was illegal or uh, illicit in any means. If it is part they ask you to do, then you do it. You move on. So I'm not going to rehash that. I just want you guys to know that I'm looking at this. I'm seeing this. I think we've got some work cut out. What do you guys think? You know, send me your email, your thoughts on the definition. I've got one of the listeners' voice actually talked about this very thing, and I'll read the question in a minute. But yeah, keep those questions coming. Keep your comments coming. I love to hear from you guys. Talking about getting active and being out there on a different note, I just want to do my own little like public service announcement to you paralegals out there and listeners. Get out there and get active in your legal community, please. I can't stress it enough. Volunteer on your local paralegal association board or committee, any other legal professional association that you have in your community. See if there's, you know, you may not be a, a full member. Maybe you're going to be an associate member. ALA, Association of Legal Administrators. Um, there's other types of associations out there. CLOCK, Corporate Legal Operations Consortium. Just see what you can do to help volunteer and get out there and be an active participant in your profession. Without your participation, our profession doesn't move forward. And Everyone, we need to get out there and volunteer. Volunteer on your state bar association, whether you have a paralegal division or not. 
investigate, can I help man a booth at or man the table, the registration table at a CLE event or a dinner event, you know, call up the state bar. I'm telling you guys to stay any state bar, any local bar association, they will truly love when people call and say, hey, can I help do X? They're going to say, absolutely. Can you help and do it? It's your way to get your foot in the door, even when you don't have a paralegal uh, division to the state bar. Maybe that's a way for you to see about having that created because now you're demonstrating and your paralegal friends are demonstrating, hey, we want to help. We want to be part of our profession. And even do what I did for you guys that follow me on social media this past January and then February. I volunteered on our local regional and then the state high school mock trial competition. I was a scoring judge. This was my second year to do it. I absolutely love it. I even got to be a scoring judge for the final round, the state level high first place uh, that gets to go to national competition. Got to be a scoring judge at that. And I'm telling you guys, it was amazing. I absolutely loved seeing these high school kids pour their whole souls and bodies into taking a mock trial scenario and performing with direct and cross and admitting, you know, evidence and giving back to them after a round, giving, you know, commentary on how they could perfect and improve on stuff so they could go to their next round, so on and so forth. And I love it. Absolutely. I love the courtroom anyway. I'm an adrenaline junkie. So I just absolutely love it. So my point is with all this, guys, get active in your legal community. Now, you're probably thinking, well, Carl, how am I going to get active right now in the midst of this, you know, being stay-at-home mandates that are going on? Well, hey, now's the time. We're now being kind of forced to only focus in on those things that we can do within our four walls of our homes. What better way than to send an email to your local, you know, paralegal association board and say, hey, is there anything I can do? Can we do maybe set up a virtual CLE I'd like to present on XYZ? Can we do it through Zoom? What can we do? Start investigating ways because something else I didn't mention before, guys, but to think about this is changing. This pandemic is changing all of us as we speak. We are living through something that most of us in our generation, my respective generation, Gen X, didn't go through. Even my parents didn't go through. My grandparents did, and they've long since gone now. But they went through, you know, the Great Depression, and how that changed them, and Great World Wars, and how that changed them. We're going through something that's changing all of us. And I'm Truly, guys, I truly believe that this is going to and is changing how we're going to approach the legal industry and how we're going to deliver legal services. We've talked about it before. I've had several guests talk about different modes of legal services and delivering those legal services differently. But this is really, I think we're going to come through this and you're going to see an explosion across the country on the delivery of legal services and what better way for us to get involved and be on the forefront of it. So get out there, get motivated, volunteer, volunteer, volunteer. I, I, I ask that to you 
Uncle Carl needs you. You can see me pointing with my gray beard. Um, <laughs> so, all right, guys, hang tight. We're going to do one more little break. When we come back, we're going to do your favorite and mine, the listener's voice. So stay tuned. This episode of The Paralegal Voice is brought to you by courtfiling.net, your solution for electronic filing in California, Illinois, Indiana, and Texas. Courtfiling.net provides a better e-filing experience so you can spend more time helping clients. Because they know that work sometimes happens after hours, Courtfiling.net offers 24-7 phone, email, and chat support. Visit Courtfiling.net to receive 30 days of unlimited free electronic filings and see how you too can e-file court documents with ease. Nella offers continuing education, professional development, and voluntary certification for all paralegals. The certified paralegal credential has been awarded to more than 19,000 paralegals. The certified paralegal program is also the first paralegal certification program accredited by the National Commission for Certifying Agencies. Nala works actively with all those in the legal field to promote the value of paralegals and to advance paralegal professionalism. Learn more about Nala at www.nala.org. Hey guys, welcome back. It's your favorite part of the show. It's the listener's voice. This is the opportunity for you as a listener. Send me your email with any of your questions, your career celebrations, comments, etc. I'll go through them. I select those. I'm going to read on air. If there's a particular topic that you have a question for or you'd like for me to answer or maybe a prior guest that you've listened to and you want me to send the question to them, send me that email. Make your voice, the listener's voice, known and heard. So send your email to me at devotedtolaw at gmail.com. That's D-E-V-O-T-E-D, the number two, L-A-W at gmail.com. So a couple of questions. So I'm going to read you this first question, and then I've got a couple of little announcements I was going to make as well. But first, let's do the listener's voice. So the first question, um, this is from an individual, and he wrote to me about a particular show from July. And uh, let me read you the, the, the comment that he had. And, and I want to kind of ad lib and add to what he also says. Carl, I found podcast 105 particularly intriguing because the distinction between a paralegal and legal assistant has become more defined, particularly since those that practice insurance defense and use task-driven software are not only required to know the law, but must also follow strict guidelines and provide multiple case updates and summaries throughout the litigation process to our outside corporate client. Moreover, legal professionals in my company must understand project management concepts and team collaboration to keep metrics high and costs low to please our multiple insurance companies. I think paralegal programs need to institute insurance defense and legal education platforms. Sign, insurance defender. Okay, insurance defender. I, I, my background is in insurance defense and forever for, I'm not going to say how many years I've done it. Um, I now work in corporate legal environment. But yes, 110%, I agree with you. From an insurance defense standpoint, all of them have a task-driven code that you have to put in your billing time to demonstrate exactly the substantive legal work that you're doing. And this goes right into what we were talking a minute ago about the difference between paralegal and legal assistant. Is there a difference? Is there not a difference? Should there be a difference? And 
in this one respective area of law, yeah, it, it can be a major difference. Me specifically, I worked at a firm back in Oklahoma that when they hired, I think I've told you guys this story, when they were bringing on a particular client, the client, before they were agreeing to hire us as their you know, counsel for the state of Oklahoma, they specifically asked the managing partner about the paralegals that would be working and if any of us were certified. The corporate client knew about the paralegal industry. They knew about certification, and they asked the firm about the paralegals and the the type of work and whether we were certified or not. I produced and was able to produce, of course, my copy of my certifications. I, at that time, had two, had two of them, and gave them copies and demonstrated that I have to adhere to continuing legal education hours as a paralegal. And my certification is professional paralegal and American Alliance certified paralegal. So, uh, you know, at that time I had those. Now I'm registered paralegal and I should soon be certified paralegal, just waiting on my results. But I digress. Anyway, so yes, I agree that more corporate clients, and I know this from experience, are very savvy about the legal industry, and they're very knowledgeable about. So if you have corporate clients, I'm telling you guys, they're watching and they're looking and they know what's going on in the way of paralegal versus paralegal, or paralegal versus legal assistant. Is there a difference? Is there not a difference? So on and so forth. So that's a great question, insurance defender. So thank you very much for that question. Now, I have another question. And the second question comes from an individual in the Midwest, I'm calling her Lady Miss, Lady Midwest. And she wrote to me and she said, Carl, I'm a paralegal and have worked in the legal field for the better part of 17 years. Law has always been my passion. My office and work is my life on top of my two daughters and husband. Any suggestions you can provide for a small town paralegal to do more or how to get involved? I would love to read Candace's book, and that was Candace Mendoza, about the indispensable paralegal book. And she said, however, I will have to save to purchase it. Looks very interesting for Sure. Signed, Lady Midwest. Well, Lady Midwest, I think I just answered your question a minute ago. Volunteer, volunteer, volunteer. I have a passion for the legal industry. That's why I gave, you know, I have my little tagline of devoted to law. I'm devoted to law, but I'm also devoted to the paralegal profession. I love to teach. So Lady Midwest, look at, you know, maybe you can teach. You've been doing it for 17 years. You probably have great experience to be teaching, uh, maybe the intro to law or intro to the paralegal profession type of course in your local community college. Even, you know, guest speak, ask to, you know, the an instructor to come to their program and talk about the paralegal profession and your personal experiences of getting into a job, what, what it was like, things of that nature. Volunteer. If you don't have a local paralegal association, volunteer your local county bar association. Even if you're out in the middle of nowhere, volunteer at the the most closest you know association and go on a weekend to an event they set up. Whatever the case may be, just get out there and get you know involved in the legal profession. There are a multitude of ways that you can get involved. You just have to step out of your comfort zone and just pick up the phone, send an email. Hey, so-and-so, I saw you're having an event on XYZ. Can I help 
man the registration booth? Can I help do, uh, you know, pass out flyers? Whatever the case might be, there's a, all sorts of things that you can do. So definitely get out there, volunteer, and shoot me an email back. I'd love to hear how you got involved and are getting involved in the paralegal profession. If you're stumped still, send me an email. I'll direct you to even at the national level of a national association such as NALA to get involved. They're always, always, always um, looking for, you know, dedicated volunteers. That's how these associations run. We're not paid. We're volunteers. We want to do it. So you just got to step outside your comfort zone and do it. That's all the questions I've got. So Everyone, listeners, keep those questions coming. I love it. I love you guys writing to me. So a couple of little announcements. I want to make sure that everyone knows that, of course, while this pandemic is going on, NALA has not canceled, has not canceled their annual conference. It's still scheduled for July. And at this point, it's going to occur July 9th through 12th in Atlantic City. Now, they are keeping a close watch on what the CDC and what local government agencies are saying, and they're going to keep everybody posted. So be sure, go to nala.org for more information. And of course, register for the conference. I'm going to be there. So definitely get there. I want to see you. The National Federation of Paralegal Associations, NIFPA, they had to cancel their joint conference this year, which occurs every spring. But they're still having their annual conference in the fall. So definitely check out paralegals.org, which is their website, NIFPA's website, for more information about their conference this fall um, that's still going on. So I know a lot of local level associations had to cancel because of mandates from their governors and respective cities. But for those board members of associations that are listening, think creatively. How can you still deliver continuing legal education to your members or virtual events for your members. Think creatively because there's ways to keep your members still engaged while we are, you know, still having to hunker down in our respective homes. So that's all the time we have for today for the Paralegal Voice. If, like I said, if you have any questions about today's show, please email them to me at devotedtolaw at gmail.com, D-E-V-O-T-E-D, the number two, L-A-W at gmail.com. Stay tuned for more information and upcoming podcasts for exciting paralegal trends, news, and engaging, and of course, fun interviews. I've got a couple of fun ones lined up from leading paralegals. And of course, listen to Jill. She's got a couple of shows lined up as well. And stay tuned. So thank you for listening to the Paralegal Voice produced by the broadcast professionals at Legal Talk Network. If you'd like more information about today's show, please visit LegalTalkNetwork.com. Find Legal Talk Network on Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Find me on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, or download uh, Legal Talk Network's free app in Google Play and iTunes. And reminding you all that I'm here to enhance your passion and dedication to the paralegal profession I'm here for you guys in the midst of all this. We're going to get through all this and make your paralegal voice heard. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, or subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer.
The Lunch Hour Legal Marketing Podcast, your resource for the tips and tactical advice you need to grow your business. Plus, keep up with the news and commentary you crave to stay one step ahead. It's hosted by me, Guy Sakalakis. And me, Conrad Song. Every other week, we break down the issues holding back your marketing strategy and talk about the changes you need to be prepared for. Check out the Lunch Hour Legal Marketing Podcast wherever you get your podcasts or on YouTube.